Hello and welcome to Creativize, Strategize, and Synergize, a podcast about the business side of being a creative. My name is Chris Scott. My name is Atish, and in this week's episode, Chris and I ramble on about why we had an unfortunate day. And talk a lot about customer service. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> I pressed spacebar accidentally, and that ended the call. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. Sarcastic clapping guy. Um, That's just been that kind of day, man. Dude, no fucking kidding. Yeah, today was frustrating. This is one of those key examples where it's like, man, this is like, this is exactly why I shouldn't like leave the shit that I have to do until Sunday. Okay. But inevitably, like, that's what happens. Like, things will always fuck up the natural tra- trajectory of stuff. Also, I uh, I had one of my cabinet doors, like, kind of open. Oh, should I be recording all this? I haven't been. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead and roll. See what happens. Should we, should we just see what happens? Because I uh, I don't know what, what we're doing today. Neither Anyways. do I. Yeah. Um, so, so I had... So, uh, let's see. I forget what night that was but i remember that tori was incredibly drunk okay and uh so you know i'm like there being a dutiful person and making top ramen and all that kind of shit and uh bringing her water and and whatever and i guess i left one of my cabinets slightly ajar and so i'm doing stuff on like the range like on the stove and then i turn and my, you haven't been here ever, but I almost my, was there. You what? I almost was there. That's true. You almost were. And I almost was back in the studio today and then shit just kind of never panned out. Well, it's like I was on somebody else's schedule and that's what's annoying. Anyways. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so my, my kitchen is very narrow and then I like turn very quickly and the the cabinet door like just smashed me right in the center of my forehead. And so, uh, I mean, this is a podcast, so nobody can see what you're seeing, but I'm wearing a hat and it's pressing on exactly where I've got like a bump on my head. Take the head off then if it hurts. Well, A, my hair looks weird and B, um, I already, now I have the headphones on over the hat. Oh, are you going to complain about it this whole podcast, though? I mean, probably. Yeah, probably. Then take the hat off, dude. <laughs> all right. All right. So how'd your shoot go? I uh, went pretty well. It was with, uh, I've shot with her, I think, four times before. And she's just this uh, woman. I think she's in her mid-40s, late, early 50s, maybe. Mm-hmm. I could be completely wrong. She could be late 30s, <laughs> early 40s, somewhere in there. <laughs> So she's a woman of some age is basically yes, what you mean. She's a woman of some age, but she does uh, like competitions, like bodybuilding competitions, but not like, uh, I don't know, there's different categories. There's bodybuilding, there's physique, there's uh, there's another one. It's like, uh, I want to say formal, but I think that's wrong. I think it's some sort of, uh, it's a, like a category for the ladies. Yeah, I was never too clear on what all the different 
because like I know different people who are like, oh, I'm gonna compete in the whatever th- this October. Uh huh. You know what I mean? And then that's different from the figure. Lo- figure is the other one. Figure. So, yeah. and that's different than like the Mr. Olympia shit, right? Right. Because I think with the men, there's physique, there's classic, and then there's uh, bodybuilding or something dumb like that. Wait, what's classic? Uh, I think it's the one. I think it all depends on what they're wearing and what everybody's looking at. <laughs> Jesus. So, you know, they have those really tiny posing trunks. Mm-hmm. I think that's from classic. That's from classic. Right. And then the board shorts are for physique. Okay. And then there's another category, which I don't know anything <laughs> who, about. Who knows what they're doing over there? Right, right. And then there's uh, different uh, professional rankings you can get into. And then mm-hmm. there's some that are, you know, uh, natural competitions and some that just don't care. Mm-hmm. It's a bizarre world. Yeah. It's very political. You have to political. know someone. Yeah, you have to know someone. To get in? To, to win the competition. Yeah, it's, it's a super weird competition. But it also seems like everybody gets a trophy type of thing. <laughs> and if you don't get a trophy, I think that's why it's political. It's like nobody likes you, so you don't get a trophy. Wait, everybody gets a trophy. It's like one of the, it seems like everybody gets a trophy. It's like I'm fifth place in my weight class category four. Okay, see that that's um that's kind of something that I sort of assumed because I know like two or three different people who just got into it and then the same year they compete. Uh-huh. Right? And then they always uh, three for three. All of them have trophies. Right. And so because it's a split between probably different, like the three people that I know all represent different categories, I would assume. Only one of them is a female, two Mm -hmm. of them are men, and then one of them is a really young guy and one of them is an older guy. So it's like I could see how they're all in different categories and ages. Yeah. Weight class is a thing. Right. I could see how they're, but it's like what are the odds that all three of them would trophy their their first go? Uh Uh-huh. You know what well, I mean? It's like that was the part that made me kind of not buy it. I was like, I could see this for maybe like like one of the guys is pretty exceptional. Um, Shout out to exceptional guys. Uh, well, know Tish? No, no, <laughs> no. You know him, uh, Anthony, little Anthony. Oh yeah, like he really puts the time in. I could kind of see. Yeah, he definitely has uh, put work into his body to show off in that way. Yeah, exactly. Like, like I could see that. But then one was this girl who's just like pretty average. Like, I was like, okay, I get it, I guess. And then one was a guy who, you know, he definitely looked like he, he like was better than he was a year ago, but it Uh wasn't like he was a bodybuilder or anything. And yet somehow they all got trophies. It really didn't make any sense to me. Yeah. I don't get the women's competition. They're, They're judged a little bit differently. It's more about like beauty and Oh, it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. Because I, I know women for sure are judged on their hamstrings. Uh-huh. And they do this weird pose to show off their hamstrings. And I just think it's the most bizarre thing. What do you mean? They like have to bend over, basically. Like stick their booty out. What? That's one of their competition poses. Yeah. They do that shoulder trap lat spread that everybody does. Uh-huh. Bend over just a little bit to show off the hammies. Oh, I w- I've... I'm so naive when it comes to this. I, I had no idea. It's a weird, it's, I think it's weird. It's like, why is this a thing? But the guys don't do yeah. it. Yeah. Guys never show off their hamstrings. 
Oh, well, that's just they're all about They're all about uh, symmetry and their abs and and their traps and their delts. and <laughs> Gotta have traps and delts. Yeah. They, Do yeah. you go to a lot of these things? Or I've never been to one. I just have worked with quite a few people that have entered. Yeah, I was... so this lady does it for because she enjoys the uh, like challenging herself and sure. getting into tip top shape and it's like sure, how sure, far sure. can I push my limits and oh I like how I look when I do this I mean like she, okay. uh, she appreciates the rewards of having the dream body that she wants more so than winning a competition. Fair enough. I mean, she, hey, fair enough. I think it's great. Yeah. So uh, they asked me if I would do her pictures this year to document her progress that I usually do. I guess they went with someone else last year. Because they're up in mm-hmm. Phoenix, and I'm here in Tucson. Right. And usually it's a whole team of people, like five, six people. But this year is just one person. So they asked me to do it this year, and I said, sure, I'll come up there. And then she, uh, I forgot that she adds uh, family portrait time with her husband, because she never gets pictures with her husband done. <laughs> and she always <laughs> asks, hey, can we just take one or two with my husband, please? Yeah. Because we only get pictures done when you're around. But I guess she tried another uh, photographer last year, and I guess it didn't work out that well. She oh, a different photographer? Yeah, a Phoenix photographer. Well, that's always good news when like you're kind of just in service and like that kind of stuff. Like not even in terms of like promotion or anything, but like you're out doing the competition just based on your actual product. Uh huh. That's always a good thing. Yeah. So that was my day in a nutshell. Not really. That wasn't my day in a nutshell. That wasn't I, your day. No, I, I woke up semi late. Uh, yesterday was my friend James's birthday. You remember James? Oh, I remember James. Shout out to James. He turned a whopping 38 years old. He's kind of like Shaft, but somehow a little bit more um, sarcastic. Right. Definitely. That's a good way to describe him. I will tell him <laughs> you said that. <laughs> so last night we went out for his birthday and I knew I was going to Phoenix the next day. So I knew I wasn't, I didn't want to get crazy. Yeah. And I did it when I was really proud of myself. I every now and then I have one of those nights where I like show restraint, which I definitely didn't have, you know, Mm -hmm. like two years ago. Like, in fact, the first photo shoots, I would say maybe the first two you and I ever did together. Uh uh, I was definitely just hung over as shit. You definitely seemed hung over. Yeah. And I think it also showed just because, like, my lips were just always chapped and shit. Like, I just remember I was just so... But on the other hand, it kind of, like, I remember the first photo shoot we did probably made my abs look a little better because I was completely dehydrated. Dehydrated, yeah, man. Gotta dehydrate. Those physique ladies would know what that's all about. Yeah. So uh, I knew I didn't want to get too wild and crazy last night. And we had a few things work in my favor. Uh, a lot of the bartenders I know weren't working that night. Yeah, you have a strange knack of meeting just the right people who then get you trashed for no money whatsoever. Yeah, so that happens quite often. So luckily, none of them were working last night. <laughs> so no no tow car, no guy from the hut, none of that? Nope, none of that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, But we still went to... we. James wanted to go to Cobra Arcade, so we went there. Okay. We hung out there for way too long. Even though there's no Ninja Turtles, there are Ninja Turtles now. It was hidden oh. in a, it was hidden in the corner. I don't think we saw it the first time because oh. we went opening night and there was like 300 people packed in that yeah tiny bar. And then we went a second time and we found it. Nice. 
So we played Ninja Turtles, we played X-Men, we played Street Fighter, Area 51, uh, all sorts of fun stuff. Terminator 2 was there. Oh, really? Yeah, some cool games, some cool games. Did, did you do the thumbs up? Did I do the thumbs up? Yeah, do you know when he's like, uh... oh, we didn't make we didn't make it that far. Ah, uh, yeah, I'm sure he does do that in the game <laughs> at some point in time. But uh, so you showed restraint and you were able to get your Phoenix stuff done. Yeah, I was able to get to bed at a decent time and still oversleep. <laughs> I actually have more of a tendency to oversleep if I actually get like a full eight hours. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like in general, um, if I get less sleep for some reason, I'm more able to just immediately wake up and all that kind of shit. Because so I was trying to figure out what time do I have to wake up to get to to load up the car and then get up to Phoenix so we could do a podcast in person in Phoenix. Right. That was the game plan. That was the game plan. And so I woke up at like 8 o'clock and then I laid in bed for 45 minutes and I should have been up and moving. And that's when I... I I can also relate to that. (laughs) Uh, I was like, hey, should we uh, try this for 11? And you're like, yeah, 11 will be perfect. Yeah. And I was, it took me a lot longer to pack up the car and get on the road. And I was going to be like 30 minutes late. And then you called and you're like, I can't anymore. Yeah. Well, okay. So here's what happened on my end. So, so your, your story goes that, um, you didn't get drunk and then you like woke up and then. Life just kind of, uh, uh, kind of. It's Sunday. Yeah, yeah, it's Sunday. Kind of eased on out. So here's what happened with me. So I knew at, at some point. So yesterday, uh, I talked with my parents, and we were just like, oh, you know, like catching up and doing you know regular shit because, like, I go through periods of time where they call me constantly. So then we're very up to date on everything, and then there are periods of time where they don't like we don't talk for you know. A stretch of time, however long okay. it may be. In this case, okay. I think it was like maybe three weeks or so. Okay. And uh, three weeks to a month. And uh, and so then they're like, oh, uh, whatever, because we have the same uh, the same insurance provider. And so I guess, uh, which, by the way, we, you know what? I should. I'm going to ask you questions about your car insurance later. <laughs> For, for I mean, unrelated to this particular line of uh, conversation, but, but yeah, okay. I, basically, I need to switch my insurance. That's that's the gist of. Oh, I've had the same insurance provider since I was a teenager, and so I have like all these crazy deals and stuff. So it's oh, okay. So yours is pretty sweet. Yeah. Oh. And I know Geico's a pain in the butt. Well, uh, f- for people that get into accidents, and the other person has Geico insurance. Wait, you mean if I get into an accident with somebody with Geico? Yeah, because then Geico's a, a pain to get money out of. Really? Yeah. Even if the other person is at fault with the Geico insurance, they still find a way to make them not 100% at fault. Damn. Yeah, they're bastards. Okay, well, so I haven't really gotten into any accidents. I got into one accident uh, many, many moons ago, but it wasn't. I wasn't found at fault. It was some like high school girl who was texting and driving who ran into me while I was parked at a red light. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. But anyways, so I need to switch my insurance provider, but that's a whole different thing. So I guess I got sent something that they needed 
And you know how, um, like, like my parents needed, I was not necessary for me or my plan or anything like that. Uh huh. Um, so, uh, and the reason why it came to me is because I bought my parents' car. Right. So it, so somehow in the transition of me switching my, the insurance to my plan with that same car, it might've still had the same license plate at that point in time. It's kind of like, that's the part that's kind of unclear. Either way, I ended up with something that, you know, whatever. Now there's the rest of us who, uh, are the population where we realize like, yeah, you know, obviously we like to have our ducks completely in a row. We like to have everything accomplished, you know, whatever, everything nice and neat in its own place. But we also recognize that, you know, life is complex and therefore things are constantly fluxing in and out. And, you know, it's it does you no good to try and always constantly hold everything in order. The key is to find balance between chaos and order. And that's how you can successfully um, – uh, uh, that's how you can successfully navigate the vicissitudes of reality. Right. So, and then there are my parents and anyone who has foreigners for parents know exactly what I'm talking about, which is that my God, they just like can't relax when they figure out something is off kilt. Uh-huh. It's like their whole, like their, their whole existence can't rest without, because it's like, yeah, it, it was probably, it was best to have it, so that their plan was because they had like their most recent insurance cards. Okay. But, but it's like, <coughs> but it's like, even if you do get pulled over or get into an accident or whatever, you can get your insurance information online. You have, yeah. we have these things in our pockets, these computers in our pockets. You can have your information for your insurance available to you right then and there. It's right. like and it, these these cards they're antiquated who you like okay yes in a perfect universe they would have been mailed to you but like they didn't and who cares who cares like i'll uh-huh. get them to you you know what i mean so so that's when it became such a big deal for some fucking reason that i had to go drop the insurance cards to them oh yeah now and it then it goes <sighs> Even a little bit deeper than that, because then they're like, oh, well, why don't you come over and why don't you bring Tori and we could we all haven't visited in a while and whatever. And I was like, yeah, OK, I guess. Sure. Because then in my head, I'm like, OK, how? So now I'm trying to move these pieces around and do everything. And like the timing of it just didn't work is like we never established a plan. I was just like, OK, perfect. I'll just like drop by just like uh-huh. as if I lived in Tucson, I would just drop by and it doesn't have to be for any particular reason. I'll just drop by and like we'll chit and we'll chat and we'll chit chat for a while. And um, and then and then that's it. And then and then whatever, like it doesn't have to. Be, but for some reason, they had to have like an actual plan and it had to be surrounded around a meal for whatever reason. Okay. It's like this wouldn't ha- be happening if I lived in Tucson. Like I'm just dropping off some insurance cards. So so that was my day. And that's why we ended up basically doing a major cross because I came from Phoenix um and I left shortly, as soon as as I got to Phoenix. Right, shortly after you arrived in Phoenix because they were they started like freaking the fuck out and I didn't understand why, but of course it's a fool who looks for rationality and logic in the hearts of foreigner parents you've got kind of foreign parents sort of so no no, i don't no i don't i mean 
Mm-hmm. People of color, anyways. Yeah, they're not like that. Oh, they're not? No. Oh. Okay, well, then you don't have foreign parents. You wouldn't understand. <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> um, but yeah, anyone who has, who has foreigner parents would, would get what that's about. Yeah, that would have been exciting to do a Live from Phoenix podcast. Yeah, we haven't done one yet. No. Yeah. But also, my setup is supremely disappointing. Yeah. It still would have been interesting. I would have made fun of you for all your things you do that I see that no one else can see. Like what? Oh, We'll save it. Okay. For the Live Phoenix podcast. Fair enough. Fair enough. The Live Phoenix podcast. I see you're drinking Dutch Bros coffee. I went to Dutch Bros for the first time today because I was killing some time and I am disappointed. Now, do you think you're disappointed just because of all the hype? Or is it actually like a genuine thing that you would be disappointed in regardless of whether or not people like really love Dutch Bros? I don't know. When I, I was standing in line... Because the stupid car lane was ridiculous. There was like two car lanes and like 40 cars waiting for this Dutch Bros coffee. Right. See, right then, here, this is the part that no one tells you. Everyone tells you Dutch Bros coffee is great or whatever. Or everyone tells you you have to go or whatever. You have people to go to Dutch Bros. Yeah. What people don't tell you, and we discovered as we moved here, because we're like, oh, perfect. People go apeshit for this coffee. It's always busy. Always. Yeah. Constantly. Yeah. And I went to some random one that was in the middle of nowhere. It seemed like there was nothing around it. They were building apartments around the Dutch Bros. And I didn't see any other like places to live. And apparently it was just packed. It was just packed. And some stupid high school kid was trying to apply to get a job there. And he was talking to all the, <laughs> I, to all the people at the walk-up window. He's like, look at this cool picture I have. I'm really into photography. And like everyone's just standing there staring at this guy, <laughs> turning in an application to work at Dutch Bros. And we're like, oh, my God, this is ridiculous. This is dumb. Yeah. And so I'm standing in line and there are four people in front of me. And as soon as these people got up to the window, I noticed that the window already noticed, already knew what they were drinking. They didn't have to order. They just paid and the drinks came and went. Mm-hmm. And I was like, how did, when did they order? Like, how do you, how do you, how does everybody magically know your drink order? Do you have to put it in the phone first and then walk up yeah. and get your drinks? I had no idea. And then some lady came out with some iPad and took an order. And then I saw there's people on iPads in right, the car right. lines taking orders. Like, oh, that makes – I guess I get that now. But anyway, uh, it was a mediocre experience at Dutch Bros. I was mediocre not impressed enough to ever want to go back, really. If it was like the only coffee you. shop at like the airport terminal that I'm stuck in, I would probably go back. That's probably the, the mm-hmm. only other time I would have Dutch Bros coffee. Yeah. Uh, yeah, honestly, it's never worth the wait, number one. Mm-hmm. Like, even on days where I don't particularly have places to be, it's like I don't feel like waiting in a line for a million years. Right. One. Number two, um, I, in general, I like my coffee to taste like coffee. You know what I mean? Like, my order at, like, even Starbucks or something like that is a black iced coffee. Uh-huh. And and then sometimes, like, if I'm particularly rough around the edges or something like that, like, I need to put some, like, I'll put some equal packets or some bullshit like that in there. But for the most part, it's like I drink coffee that tastes like coffee. So it kind of mystifies me when these places crop up. Like, my uh, one of my coworkers brought in some Dutch bros. Like, he waited in the morning. So it's like he left his house early but then still showed up at work at, like, 830 
because the line at Dutch Bros is so long. Jeez. And then he shows – yeah, exactly. It's like that's not how I would start my day at all. Like absolutely not. But then he uh, then he also – it's just like some milkshake bullshit. Like it's not even something that I would – but then again, I'm also the person where I need to like feel it. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like I can't have coffee. They're like, okay, just the idea of it starts my day. No. Like – yeah, I guess they're opening one up here in Tucson somewhere, or a couple of them, of course. Yeah, well, so that what the deal is with um, Dutch Bros, and I mean, I guess you could give your thoughts on this. Um, the thing with Dutch Bros is that in order to open up a franchise, and I'm not sure if it's just Phoenix, but it might be. Mm-hmm. I think it might. I think be. it is. But in order to open up a franchise, I think you have to have worked at Dutch Bros for like a certain amount of years. Like, regardless, you have to have worked there. And it's like, well, it's not as though you just have a managerial position. Like, I'm pretty sure everyone works inside that little... Was yours, like, a tiny little building that you just drive around? Like, it's not even... Which is, I think that's why the business model works. There's very low overhead. Uh Yeah, there's no bathrooms. There's no place for the bums to hang out. No, it's just... It's streamlined. And so what happens then is, like... If And I don't know how they got the reputation that they did, but everyone for some reason fucking loves them, right? Yeah. So if that's the case, then you have two things. You have um, high craveability and high demand with extremely low overhead. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's a recipe for success right there. Right, right. So I, I guess it doesn't matter if you, whether you like their coffee or not because it, it's, a, it's just a really sellable product. Yeah. But anyway... But do you think that those people with the iPads are, like, coached to always have conversations and stuff? Because that happens every time, and no matter which location I've been to, no matter what person. I'm sure they are. It, it kind of reminded me of uh, Chick-fil-A. You ever go to Chick-fil-A? Oh, yeah. That, that one creeps mm-hmm. me out. Like, I really enjoy the chicken sandwiches, but talking to those people really freaks me out. But, uh, that- but, but walking into Chick-fil-A is weird. <laughs> They're just so happy to see you. And and like you, you say thank you to them. They're always like, It's my pleasure, my pleasure. Like how may I be of how may I be of service to you today? Mm-hmm. And it's always so weird and creepy. I think it's creepy. Also that they're not open on Sundays well, is annoying. Yeah, that is really annoying. So for me, it's not really that it's creepy or anything, but it's just like, my God, it takes because it's like, I don't want to be an asshole and I don't want to be like blunt and very short because it's like these people probably have to do this all the fucking time. So to me, I'm just like, OK, like, let me try and make their shit more pleasurable because I know they have to be here and whatever. But then there are just people who don't mind just like eating up your entire day. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, um, I went recently and I'm, I was just like driving through, like I was just trying to hit the drive through, get on back. Like I had, you know, I was like, I had just gotten off work. I was just trying, like, I'm just trying to, you know, get a chicken sandwich, man. Yeah. And just, and just fucking like, just go home. Like I don't want to have to have like a long extended thing with everybody I run into. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. So then, but then I'm, um, I, uh, I'm like going through the drive through and like, there's this kid with an iPad, which like, that's been the, that, I think that's the newest thing. It's like everywhere has kids with iPads. Yeah. Well, I, um, in and out used to do it before, like a long time ago. They've been doing that for a while when there's a long oh, line yeah. at the drive-in. They've always had a guy on a 
whatever, taking orders. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, definitely. Uh, yeah, In and Out was the first uh, were the first people that I I recognized doing that. Uh huh. But yeah, I mean, anyways. So, but then I'm like running through, and this kid is like talking to me. You know, he's like, "Oh man, I like your tattoos," and like asked me like where I got them, and it's like, okay, first of all, you're a I don't know, maybe sixteen. I I wouldn't really worry about it just yet, but fine. That's so we're like talking about it, and then. So he's like telling me about that, and then like I place my order, and then he's telling me about how he uh, wants to become a pro football player, and he's like a sixteen-year-old kid who's a twig, like oh an goodness. absolute like tiny. I'm like, yeah, like I don't know. Do I tell him that you know maybe <laughs> maybe find a backup plan? Because <laughs> let me tell you, kid, I thought I was gonna be someone also, but <laughs> then life shits in your hand and tells you it's candy. So I would wreck like, I don't know. I always just have a backup plan, maybe a safety college. I don't know. <laughs> so that was my Chick-fil-A experience. So it's like, not only do I, uh, not only am I like sitting there having this guy, cause it's like, he, for some reason, didn't seem to give a fuck that there was like a line building up behind us. And I was like, I'm feeling stressed out for you because it's not my assets on the line. My job, they know I can get stuff done here. They can get you replaced by someone who just asks you what you want on the menu and doesn't fuck around. Right, right. But, uh, yeah, I'm not that into it either. But, but I don't know. Has it, I don't know. Maybe that's just, you know, my experience not wanting to talk to strangers or not <laughs> wanting to open up to people. But having right. to just to go get a coffee and, and dread that conversation that's about to happen well so i guess that brings up kind of a have you heard of the uh you probably have uh what is that called the something valley the un the uh valley of the dolls no like ah the uncanny valley i haven't heard of this okay so in order to remember what the term was i had to wikipedia it so I can give you uh, an actual, uh, an actual definition. Are you saying I'm a robot? <laughs> you got that pretty. No, no, no. I'm not saying you're a robot. I'm using the uncanny valley to very poorly. So, so the uncanny valley is basically um, that there's this weird dip where the closer and closer something becomes to being humanoid the more like strange or like this kind of like feeling of uneasiness or like uh, revulsion kind of comes on. So basically if it's an animated thing that isn't really good technology, like it's old CGI or something like that. And it, so therefore it doesn't really resemble a human all uh-huh. that much. Then it's not, then it doesn't really affect us that terribly. And obviously if it's a real person, you don't get this feeling, but if it's, like, you know those uh, robots they've recently been, like, making? Like, that one that, like, speaks and moves its mouth and, like, makes eye contact and stuff? Uh-huh. It's, like, that is very humanoid. It's It appears almost, but not, it's, like, just not quite a human. And so that's why we feel very uneasy. Like, we feel almost like it's dangerous or something, right? Uh-huh. So that's kind of what I feel like there might be an uncanny valley of customer service. You know what I mean? Where there's really great like customer service and interaction where it's mostly based around getting something done or uh-huh. like, 
You know what I mean? Because so like basically you could read it at like the DMV is obviously not very service oriented and therefore it's not off putting at all. It's off putting in the opposite direction where it's like I fucking hate being here and I hate everyone here and this is bullshit. Yeah. Right. Then there's like a let's just say a a pretty decent restaurant with like friendly people. Like where's the last place you went? Restaurant wise? Yeah. I went to the Longhorn Steakhouse for my grandmother's birthday. The Longhorn Steakhouse. Um, I don't know what that's like there, but like I assume it's it's like a regular restaurant, right? It's a chain restaurant. It's, I think it's Texas themed. It, it's Texas themed. Yes, there's like antler chandeliers, and there's big stars on the wall, and everything's bigger. <laughs> uh, it's like a steakhouse, but not. It's a little bit nicer. Like and, a steakhouse, but nicer. Yeah. I, I, how often do you go to steakhouses? Uh, not very. Um, yeah, not not often at all. So the steakhouses that I know of are either very country, very. Uh, uh, I don't want to say divey, but like lean towards divey ish. Oh, like uh, I went to that place, Daisy's Day- Daisy Maze. Yeah. Yeah. I or, there, that's kind of divey, right? That is kind of divey. It's kind of mm-hmm. like, you know, it's like a, that backcountry feel to it. Yeah. You know, good, it's not too fancy. It's not, not too nice. Yeah. And then there's another one that is a classic steakhouse, which is the Silver Saddle. Okay. And there's, it's, uh, it feels like it was built in the 70s and it still looks that way. <laughs> okay. But it was back when steakhouses were, you go and you order steak, you go to the salad bar. You eat your salad, you get your steak. They serve you your steak. Mm -hmm. Or a steakhouse is someplace very, very fancy. Right. Or it gives the appearance of fancy, like a Fleming's. Right, or like Dominic's or Durant's or some shit like that. Fleming's is a chain. Did you know that? I didn't know that until I moved up here and then I saw a Fleming's. And it was like the same logo and everything. And I was like, oh, I, (laughs) I totally didn't know that. I learned that on Ghost Adventures. For on the last day of the shoot, they always go out to dinner to the local steakhouse. Mm-hmm. And they asked me, what are the steakhouses in Tucson? And they Googled it on their phone. And the first one that popped up was Fleming's. And they're like, Fleming's is a chain. Let's see what the other places are like. Oh. And we went to Silver Saddle. Oh, nice. But Longhorn Steakhouse was like right below Fleming's level. It was like an affordable Fleming's. Okay. So it's like, it's nice, but it's like a little bit, uh, it's like... Not not like crazy where where the waiter is wearing a uh, a vest, a vest or an apron that goes down to his ankles. Ah, uh, yes, a bistro apron. If or, you will. Uh, yeah, and they, there wasn't courses to it. It was just you go in, you order your meal, they served it to you, and then you walked away. Mm-hmm. There wasn't a salad course and a palate cleanser and yada yada yada. <laughs> okay. Um. Well, so so then. And a moose bouche, right, which is the the whole point is to uh, amuse the bouche. Um, well, so I, I guess what I mean in, in a in a is that uh, there's there's like this valley where there's like dog shit customer service, no matter what it is, which is like the DMV uh-huh. or um, some some, uh, you know, uh, some other government institution, because those are usually the shitty ones. You know right, what I mean? Right. Because because it doesn't really matter. People stay employed there regardless. Like the 
like not to go on too much of a rant, but the postal service is, I'm pretty sure. I, well, first of all, do you have anyone who in your family works for the postal service? No, but the postal service is my plan B. If my dreams don't come true. And why is it your plan B? Cause it's a government job. He could work 20 years and retire. Right. Exactly. And, and that's the thing. I think that's most people's mentality about it. Uh huh. You know what I mean? That it's just like, oh yeah, well, I I show up every day and I just do, I check the boxes and then I go home and that's it. Yeah. You know? And I totally get it. Totally makes sense because it's like, well, it doesn't pay that much. So it's like, yeah, why would you like try to be exceptional? Mm -hmm. But that's kind of the difference between that and like a successful restaurant, not a piece of shit one, but like I, I assume Longhorn has to be successful enough, right? It's a chain. Yeah. So what happens there is that the employees have an intrinsic understanding that unless they want to walk away with their check, that's only like what I think the server minimum wage got raised to like five twenty five or something. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's like, unless you want to walk away with five twenty five an hour, like you are the only person who can give yourself a raise at this point in time, right. like take more tables, pad your bill more, blah, blah, blah. Like that's and and cross your fingers that you don't get any shitty tippers basically. So, there you see actual like good levels of customer service where it's like, yeah, they they want to uh, to quote um, the Sam Fox handbook, if you will. So for all the Sam Fox restaurants, Blanco, North, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, one of the tenants is everything you need, nothing you don't. Meaning that um, I every like no matter what course is coming out, they have they already have they don't even have to look around for their silverware. They have it right there. All, uh -huh. all of it, no matter what they, but the, they ordered another round of cocktails. They've got the glassware for it already. They already have the, you know, they order another glass of wine. They've got fresh glasses, blah, blah, blah. Like you always just have the stuff ready for them before they need it. And then when they need it, they have it. But you also don't have anything superfluous. And I think that's where um, Chick-fil-A and In-N-Out and like kind of things or uh, and Dutch Bros, for instance, are kind of falling into the other end of that uncanny valley. You know what I mean? Okay. Where now it is good customer service, but it's actually it's not everything you need, nothing you don't. It's everything you need and then some more. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it's like it's like, OK, if somebody wants to have a, a conversation or a long form, whatever, it's like you would know it. We would like that would that would be very obvious and this wouldn't be, you know, but then there's also the people like yourself and myself. that just wants my coffee and I just want to get out of there. Yeah, I just, I just like, I just want to get some coffee. I kind of have like a big day going on, or I kind of have like whatever. I, just, I just want to get my coffee and go. Yeah, and now you're like I asking don't want me ketchup. Gosh, quick, offer me ketchup. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Also, ketchup is fucking garbage in the first place. But that's a whole I, different. I'm just complaint. sick of all the dirty looks I get every time I say no ketchup. They're like, what? Huh? They judge you because of the no ketchup. I get the. I get a lot of judgy eyes for no ketchup. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Whatever. Just give me my hamburger. If my we were to choose a condiment, mustard is far superior. Mustard's gross. What? Yeah. I'm not a big fan of that mustardy. I think it's a, a vinegary. Like, I can't do pickles. Mm. How do you feel about, like, uh, sriracha or other hot sauces? I'm not a big fan of hot sauce. I think I'd rather... I Because I don't taste anything. I just feel it. Do you just not do condiments? Is that what I'm, I'm to understand? A, I'm not a big fan of condiments. No, I don't do ranch. I don't do salad dressings when I have salad. Mm -hmm. I, I eat my salad dry. I uh, I don't often dip my chicken tenders. 
If I do, it's in a barbecue sauce. Uh-huh. Um, or a Polynesian sauce. Polynesian? Uh, yeah, I like to dip my egg rolls sometimes in that okay. spicy whatever. Okay, you're getting Wingstop. What's your breakdown? Uh, lemon pepper has been my go-to lately. Okay, okay. Uh, lemon pepper, I don't really do the rubs. I generally do the sauces. I think the sauces are too messy. You get that weird sauce ring around your mouth that looks like you have super chap lips. <laughs> yeah. It's just, and it's just like burns your mouth because it's hot sauce. And I'm not a big fan of that. That's true. That was my complaint about Buffalo Wild Wings versus um, versus uh, Wingstop. But that's that's a whole different argument. But yeah. So, yeah, I'm not a big condiment person. Hmm. Well, I, I I understood when it came to the ketchup. I don't really understand when it comes to condiments in general. That's uh, that's a little too far from me. You're a little bit too much of an extremist. I uh, I'm not yeah. going to follow follow you down that rabbit hole. But story of my life. Yeah. Point being, I uh, I kind of think that we're going to see a divide in terms of like customer service and stuff like that. Like some people, like some places are kind of going a little bit too far and that's going to end up having a recidivism Mm -hmm. uh towards those places like you're going to end up getting more people to just like slam back in the in the um uh in the uh what the fuck is it jack in the box line you know what i mean where those people don't give a fuck like right (laughs) you know but but to a degree that kind of helps the rest of us who also don't give a fuck. Like I'm not trying to get into a line in my car for like a five, five star, like, or a five course, like fine dining meal. I'm just here to like get my shit and go home. Exactly. So yeah, that's my complaint about weird amounts of customer service in fast food places slash Dutch bros. Yeah. I don't really get the hype either. So is everything, uh, on track for your, uh, days of shooting for your movie? Everything seems to be on track. Uh, the only thing that's kind of up in the air is the uh, director of photography. He's been really weird in communicating with me. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why. I Today has been so fucking unfortunate, like just in general. Like I feel like I'm unlucky or something. Mm-hmm. Because now this shit is happening. But uh, this happened to the last shoot. He's, he was like, yeah, we should meet before the shoot. And I, every time I would try to meet with him, uh, it would never work out. Mm-hmm. And it's like uh, it feels like he wants to spend the least amount of time working on free stuff, which I totally understand. Right. Uh, you know, uh, especially working on, you know, independent film projects. Right. Uh, right. Most of the time it's usually garbage mm-hmm. and there's no reward to it. So I see why you wouldn't want to put too much effort into working on uh, independent project. Oh, that actually reminds me. Uh oh. Um, I uh, there's a pretty short read. It's technically a book, but it's available online for free. And I think maybe we should read it and talk about it. I've already read it, but maybe you should read it. What is it called? It's called Recession Proof Graduate by Charlie Hone. Okay. And I th- it's just a PDF. Like you can just um 
just like search that recession proof graduate. Yeah, it's it's on Charlie Hone's um website. Okay. And basically it kind of talks about like it's it's talks about free work and the benefits of free work. And basically how you should basically what the <laughs> it's funny that I only read this now because it's basically telling me how to not do what I am doing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, And how to get what you want out of not doing what I'm doing. And Uh instead I chose to do what I'm doing. And then now I'm looking at this and I'm like, Oh fuck. But, but yeah, anyways. All right. I'll check it out. I'll check it out. Yeah, it's it's a it's super quick read. It's just a PDF. Like, uh, I'm pretty sure you could read it within half an hour, hour max. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then you can let me know your thoughts on that because if it follows, it, like, I can kind of see that basically you're going to be like, oh yeah, that's what I told you to do like a long time ago. <laughs> probably, probably. Like, yeah, it's it's 41 pages, but it's like big font. So it's, yeah, it's 41 pages. Okay. Um, but yeah, I have a nasty feeling that you're going to be like, oh yeah, I told you to do this like a year ago. And I don't know. Well, I, 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 this whole doing free work, I think I've been doing it wrong all these years. Really? Uh, I think maybe it's this town that I live in called Tucson. It might be, but like, what do you think the alternative is exactly? Well, I think the things that I haven't done are uh, use my free work to uh, promote myself as someone worth paying for. Right. So I need to. Yeah, that's that's basically what this what this book goes over is like how to use free work in a in a tangible way to make it evident that you should get paid work. Right. So yeah. hopefully that's what well, I should read. Definitely read this before Murder Mystery Night because I'm trying to do to turn all this free work into some sort of payment at some point. Right. And maybe I mean, this will help also. It, I'm, I'm glancing at the PDF right now and he's talking about writing in, uh, times new Roman. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I forgot. <laughs> Just like everyone else. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. He does. He does mention like submitting your, uh, resume in times new Roman. <laughs> I don't know if I can read this anymore. Yeah, it uh, it uh, it might be out of your. I don't know. It's it's food for thought. It's definitely something that's on no, my mind. I'll check it uh, out. I'm just giving times to Roman. Way too hard of a time lately. I mean, I get you know to to your credit, uh, I shifted off of Times New Roman, and I think it's really helped. Yeah, yeah. I, I use Calibri Light, and that's my favorite font. Nice. But it, I mean, it kind of looks like Times New Roman, just like a skinny version. It's a little bit more sleek, more modern. Yeah, it's a little more streamlined. There's this uh, screenwriting podcast I listen to called Script Notes. Mm -hmm. And one of the guys is a professional screenwriter. He wrote Big Fish and all the Tim Burton remakes and Charlie's Charlie's Angels and all this other stuff. No, I love Big Fish. (laughs) Big Fish is a good movie. (laughs) That's the only one of that list that I actually enjoyed. He's very uh, uh, technically driven as well. Like he's a programmer. Like he loves to program games and like make games and sell them. And oh, he, okay. he created his own screenwriting software because he didn't like the one that everybody uses. 
uh-huh. and it's way better screenwriting software. But he made up his own screenplay font because uh, Courier New was just too harsh for him. So he made up his own Courier font that uh-huh. he felt was more uh, uh, pleasant for the eye. And it's such a slight difference. But he's like, oh, it just makes me feel so much better that everyone's using this font now. Uh, it's Wait, a- like people? So it actually got adopted? Yeah, people use it quite often. And they use this program a lot. His his very slightly Different. changed. Yeah. And it's wow. so slight. And it's, it's uh, I think it's crazy that he's a font nerd. And he's yeah. like, I hate this font so much. I'm going to make my own. And he did it. <laughs> and he has the power and the, like, the, the ability. Gravitas. People be like, oh, my God, John August is using his new courier prompt. Let me use it, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. That like he that people kind of trust his opinion, or they're like, oh wow, this is what this guy's doing. Yeah, let me let me see what that's all about. Uh-huh. Yeah. See, I kind of think that's just a place because in the circles. So I met this guy um, who's very wealthy, and he uh, he just did, like public speaking is his main gig now. Okay. Because I guess he got six figures in seven months. That's like his claim to fame. Okay. And so he just like tells people like, yeah, you got to do this or whatever. You know what I mean? But whenever I hear from those types of people, it's more or less that they're all saying the same thing, but like with a different kind of like, okay, I put like, you know how, what, I forget when that was in this podcast. It was early on when we were talking about like Gary Vaynerchuk, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, they're all kind of like that. They all say the same thing. I remember we were very, you were very Gary heavy at the beginning of this podcast. I was, I was, I fucking dug that shit. Yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But at the same time, it's all kind of uh, fluff. It's all fluff until you actually do some actions. Right. Well, well, that's the thing, and I think that's sort of the weird so so in a similar kind of way, like oh this guy like made the font like i should use that but it's like does the is the font actually better for any reason or do we just assume it is because that person said it was right or like they use this font exactly yeah so like in a similar kind of way it's like i kind of think a lot of these like wealth consultant or like what i don't, I don't even know what to really call them but these like public speaking types I kind of think they all say the same thing, but because they have the capital to back it up, we just believe that that's the case. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So it's like, well, shit, how does anyone break into a career in public speaking? Uh, You decide, I know how to say things that people want to hear, so I'm going to say it my way and make money off of that. Yeah. I mean, the intention, I think, with all those public speakers is money 100%. I mean, they get paid probably like 10,000 bucks per speaking engagement. Oh yeah, probably more, probably more than that. And so, uh, I think their intention is always money. Mm -hmm. I want to talk to people about money. I need to make money. This is how I'm going to make my money. Mm. But I think with this guy making his own font, I think his intentions wasn't his intent. Wasn't I'm going to make money off of this font. The font's free. You can download the font for free. Oh, I see what you're saying. It's like, uh, it's like, uh, it makes my writing experience more pleasurable Maybe it'll help you with your writing experience. Like the intent isn't money, 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 profit, profit, profit. Even his uh, screenwriting program, if you buy the industry standard, which is final draft, let's see how much Mm. it is. I think it's like 500 bucks. Okay. Uh, His is 20 bucks on iTunes. 
Damn. So, so, so it's really not like oh, it's two fifty. Final draft is two fifty. Well, whatever. Same, same difference. Yeah. Expensive versus something that's just basically not expensive. Right. So he has a he has a, a one version that's twenty bucks and another one that's fifty bucks. But the fifty dollar version is amazing. Mm-hmm. It is swell. I use it. I used it on the last two shorts that I wrote, and it's game changer, man. I was on the beta testing group too. <laughs> it's a game changer, bro. Game changer, bro. Hmm. Uh, but the things he added, uh, like uh, in his new program, it's all about making your writing experience uh, uh, not taking away all the distractions as much as possible. So when you're writing a screenplay, you're always caught up in what format do or what's the for, proper format for this? You know, where does the dialogue go? Where does this action line go? Mm-hmm. It's like you can, can get lost in this formatting screenplay pain in the butt that it is. And like so, that scene in, uh, in Bojack when he's like trying to write, but then he's just going through all the different fonts. Right, right. So uh, what he did was he made, wrote up the program and he took all that away. So you're just writing. And when you click a button, it magically formats it for you. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to worry about format. You just got to worry about the words. You don't have to worry about page count. You don't have to worry about fonts or tabs or anything like that. It's just you just write and you go. And I think that's uh, that was very nice to kind of take away that pressure of writing in the proper format. Yeah, that's that's something I get like really bogged down in a lot of the like dumb bullshit. Like I catch myself, um, I catch myself too much trying to like a lot of my effort and I'm, and I'm wondering how I should get, get over this. But a lot of what my issue is, is that like I start writing and then I'm like, this sounds way too like bougie and unrelatable. You know what I mean? Like Uh it's just all very like proper, like it sounds very rigid. So then I try and kind of cut down on that. Like I try and correct but then I just end up introducing way too many commas because I'm trying to just kind of have more of a conversational flow as opposed to like my very rigid whatever structure. And I'm just unhappy either way. I think just an unhappy guy, Atish. <laughs> You're like, yeah, I mean, I don't have anything that's going to fix that for you. <laughs> no, no software can change that. No software can change that. Yeah. Well, yeah, so yeah, like another thing was, um, on the side of the document, there's like a scratch pad so you can copy and, or, you know, when you cut things from your document uh-huh. and you don't know where to put them, but you know, you want to use it somewhere else, but you just don't know where to put it until you know where that part is. Oh yeah. 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 And then you uh, copy and paste something else and you're like, Oh crap, I lost that other thing I lost. He's got a little scratch pad on the side. So you can just copy and paste into that and save it for later. Oh, that that's cool. That's actually uh really fucking cool. And, uh, and he added like a, a timer to it. So if you're like, I want to write for 30 minutes today, you set a timer for 30 minutes and it, it times it for you. And they're like, oh, 30 minutes are up. I, this is how much you wrote. These are how many of the words you completed. This is how many pages it is. Did you make hmm. your goal type of thing? You can set a goal. Like, I want to write a thousand words today. And it tells you when you reach your goal. Oh, damn. So yeah, I mean, I think it's more about the experience of writing. Like, supporting the experience of trying to write something as opposed to just getting the format properly done. Right. Right. Like just, okay, let's nail down these like specific points. Let me get rid of all these distractions, you know, 
Mm. Let me, Mm -hmm. you know, make it as free nilly as possible. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So in regards to customer care, I think it's more about the customer experience more so than the the, uh, becoming the industry standard. Right. And I, and obviously a little bit more targeted and specific because Uh like, yes, that kind of, that kind of like walking you through every step and making sure you're well, like that's something you would probably look for in somebody who's doing your taxes. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Because it's like, oh, I'm just very nervous. I'm like, oh, look, here's this person who's very friendly. And they're like asking me about whatever while they're plugging and chugging all my numbers and stuff like that. It's like, yeah, I probably do feel pretty good about like my money and what like all this kind of shit with this person. Mm-hmm. So there's basically it's like recognizing a time and a place and like where because it's like then you go to the Chick-fil-A line and you get the same treatment. It's like, well, this is bullshit. I'm just trying to like move. Right. So and and that's um. Like Amazon, for some reason, is the gold standard in in terms of like customer service, and I don't actually know why because I've never like maybe that's the reason why I've never actually had to use it. Uh huh. Have you ever returned anything on Amazon? I have, and it's it's weird, and I get annoyed at the pay for my shipping to ship something back. Oh really? Yeah. So maybe they're not the best. Well, it's just I I don't know. It makes sense. I mean, I ordered uh like a cable or something and it was the wrong thing. So I tried to return it and they're like, Oh, just print out the shipping label, pay for your own shipping to ship it back and we'll process it for you. And it's like, Oh, but it's like I paid six bucks in shipping or something like that. And the cable is 12 bucks. So it didn't seem worth doing that whole thing because, you know, I'm only getting six bucks back after. So anyway, uncanny Valley. That was a crazy thing to bring up. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't, I kind of end up always using these concepts as analogies, but it's, it's because I only have like a very loose understanding of what the concept is altogether. Uh So then I end up like using it as an analogy in a place that it kind of really doesn't fit. So that's kind of where we were with the uncanny valley. I mean, that's an interesting concept in and of itself. Um, but, uh, but, but basically there's an uncanny valley of customer services as well, where it, it's almost asymptotic, if you will, like, no, where, I won't. <laughs> there's like the main, there's like the regular customer service that we're used to. And then there's customer service that's approaching, but will never actually reach, uh, like good, you, you know what I mean? But it's uh-huh. just like, it's overkill or it's shitty for like a whole different you, you know what i mean yeah so that was i don't know that that could be the uncanny valley of customer service and we can just say i coined that and maybe it will become a thing like yeah. uh like some new uh whatever font exactly courier prime Thank you for listening to Creativize, Strategize, and Synergize. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please subscribe, share, and leave a rating. We'd really appreciate it. You can find Chris on social media using the handle at Elephant Scout. You can find me with at Atish Mazish. And finally, you can follow the podcast on Twitter with at CSS Podcast. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at podcast at cscottcreate.com. Thank you so much.